God, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace, which makes no sense to us as humans. The way that you gave everything that you had just for us. God, we stand before you this morning and we say that we are in. We're yours. And that's only possible because of your grace. So God, we are just so, so grateful for your grace and your mercy which you poured over us into our lives and for your love which changes everything for us. God, thank you for pouring that into us and thank you that we can pour that out onto other people out of the abundance that we have. God, we thank you for your promises which are all through that song that we just sang straight out of your word, the promises that you have left for us that make our lives different. And God, we thank you for this morning and the day that lies ahead in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, welcome to our online service this morning. Um, If we've learned anything, it's that we can be flexible. Um, So while I'm talking to you, you can be checking in in, um, on the online app or you can just let us know that you're here in the chat and we will know that you are here and we can do that for you later on. Uh, while I'm talking to you also, there will be cards that pop up in the chat if you're on the online pr- platform and you can be filling in connect cards or um, giving cards or um, anything that pops up, fill it in if it pops up. Um, a few things to highlight from our newsletter. So again, the newsletter was online Um, We will have some paper copies available, which will drive around to people that perhaps uh, don't have online. Um, And uh, we can, yeah, so you can catch up with all the things that are going on. But just one thing in particular to highlight is that on the 28th of February, after our morning service, so in two weeks' time, um, the Church Council would like to hold a special members' meeting. This is to uh, just really discuss and sign off on... um, a couple of motions to do with the shared use of our driveway. So if you're a member of the church, I definitely need to be at that um, and everyone else can come along as well, but really only members can vote. So make a note in your diary of that today, 28th of February. There is a discussion paper about that. So if you get the online newsletter, there was a link to the discussion paper. If you don't get the online um, newsletter, then we will have some uh, paper copies available, uh, which we will distribute to those who need them. So if you'd like one, maybe call the office uh, so that we have those details and can get them to you. Everything else you need to know about church life, and there is a lot that is planned at the moment in church life, is in the newsletter. Um, obviously, we will need to adapt, um, you know, due to restrictions and things when those things come up. But everything you need to know is in the newsletter, so make sure you read through all of that. Um, we've got a few prayer needs in our church at the moment. We've already talked about um, young Nathan and his. Um, journey with cancer that he's he's just been on a few weeks now Um, and so we we have to pray for him and his family also Vaughan um, and Sam and my mum in England uh, who's having some difficulties at the moment Um, 
and also my husband Steve as well. So sorry, it's all about me. But um, uh, yeah, so we're going to bring those people to God in prayer now um, before we continue with our service. And um, just when I pray, I don't know if people are visual like I am. I'm very, I have pictures when I pray. And so when I pray for people in, particularly, in particular, um, I really have a picture of us holding these people up, these precious people who we love but God loves way more than we ever could. And I have a real picture of us just holding them and like presenting them to God. God knows all about them anyway, but we're bringing them before God in prayer. And so I just invite you as we are praying to, um, as we bring these people to, to try and get that kind of picture in your mind that you're, you're bringing them before God, that um, with our words and uh, with our hearts, that we're really bringing them into his presence and, and that uh, we're asking him to uh, intervene in situations and to really um, be a part of the solution for a lot of people. So um, we're focusing on these prayer needs, but obviously there's great things that are happening in church life too. There is babies being born, babies about to be born, you know, people falling in love. Today's Valentine's Day, so let's celebrate love as well. Um, and also just um, during that worship time, there was a line in that song that says, I've stood tall and I have crumbled in the same breath. And that that line always really speaks to me because as humans, we're so like that. We can feel tall and strong in one moment and the next moment we can feel so weak um, and so in need of God's presence in our life. Um, and that's okay. God knows that about us and he loves us. So just um, in, in these situations, um, people can have been standing tall and then when something happens, we can feel just for a moment that we are weak and that we need God. And, and sometimes that can be a really good thing. So let's join together in prayer as we bring these particular needs to God. God, we thank you that you are the Lord of our life. We thank you for the joy that we can feel because you are our saviour and our friend. And God, as we lift our precious ones to you this morning, God, we bring before you Nathan and Anna and Peter and James. And God, we know that you know everything about that little boy. You know every cell in his body because you put it there. And you know everything that is going on for him currently. God, we know the predictions of the doctor and um, what, they're, what they're saying is happening. But God, we know that we serve you and that you are a God who can heal and a God who does heal. So God, we lift, you, lift Nathan before you this morning and we bring him to you. And we ask you to have your way in his body. God, we know that you love Nathan and that you love Nathan's family as well. And we bring that whole family before you. God, we thank you for Anna. We thank you for the way that she has been a part of this family for such a long time and for the way that she has cared for people, for the way that she has loved on people. And now it is our turn to turn around and put our arms around her. God, thank you for 
creating this church family. And God, as we bring our other precious people before you this morning, as we bring Vaughan and Sam and my mum and Steve, God, we know that we can trust you with them, that you have a perfect plan for them, that you can bring healing into their bodies. And so we ask you for that in Jesus' name. And God, as we continue with our service this morning, God, we thank you that you are here, that you are a part of this. We thank you for technology and the Dream Stream team who are making all of this possible this morning under very difficult circumstances. God, we know that you can work through this, that you can minister to people through technology. God, we know that you're not limited by geography. And God, we ask that you will pour out your blessing on everyone who's watching this morning that this will be a significant time. And God, we thank you just for the way that you love us and for the way that your Holy Spirit lives in us and will go with us this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Everyone check the screens. No, don't check the screens. (laughs) I'll pass on to Brad instead. Thank you. Well, let me add to Pastor Jackie's welcome. It's great to have you with us this morning, um, and we apologise for the, the tech issues that we're having this morning, um, but hopefully you're here live with us and um, can see us and hear us, and it's all working well for you, um, and if not, you won't hear a word I'm saying, so there's no point in saying that. Uh, very good. Thanks, Russ. Thanks, team. How good is it that we can um, pivot so quickly um, from an announcement that was made two days ago to, to be able to do this and still gather together? Um, we're really thankful for, for the team that are putting this morning together, um, putting all the components. Uh, there's a lot going on. Um, it's great. Um, this morning we are launching our values series. Uh, last Sunday, if you weren't with us, if you weren't with us online or here in the building, um, we had Vision Sunday, and it was a great morning. And I really encourage you to go back and, and check that um, service out, check the message out, because uh, I think it really sets up this morning and, and the next few weeks for us to, to launch and to, um, to get into these values. And, and this morning, the first value that we're looking at is this one, which says, home for all, there is room for you. And there's a subtext that says, there is a seat at the table just as you are. We all need a saviour and redemption, a church for the unchurched. I want to read a scripture, then I want to pray, and then I want to sort of unpack this a little bit for us and, and what that means. In Luke 15, verses 1 and 2, all the tax collectors and sinners were approaching to listen to him, to Jesus, and the Pharisees and the scribes were complaining, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for your word this morning. We thank you that we can be together, we can be your body, and uh, God, we pray this morning that the Holy Spirit might speak to our hearts, might encourage us, might challenge us, and might cause us to unite around this value, home for all. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you want to um, speak to us this morning, and we pray that you will give us the ears to hear your voice. In Jesus' name, amen. 
at our house um, at the moment, and generally all the time, um, that the weather is somewhat okay, um, we have our front door left wide open, as in literally no screen door, nothing. The, the front door is just pegged open, and it's just... People can walk in, and people do walk in. We've got a few families in the street that we know from, from the church, uh, good friends and good friends with our kids, and, and some days they'll just wander on in, uh, no matter what's going on, no matter um, if their parents know or don't know, or, uh, and likewise our kids will exit. Um, we've trained them pretty well so they don't run away, um, but nonetheless the, the doors are, are wide open and, and kids walk in easily and freely, and not just kids, anybody. Um, we endeavour to, to set up and, and create an environment that is like that. And I guess I say that because that's the, the heart of this value is that the, the door is flung wide open, that it is easy to access um, not only church but the kingdom of God and, and, and the plan of God. You know, there's a, a building in Melbourne, um, the, the Arts Spire building, I'm not sure exactly the, the correct name for it, but the shape of it is like this, um, I'm sure it's some sort of like graph I, I learned in maths, but I can't remember the name of, but basically it's low on the side and high. Have we got a photo up on the screen there? I'm not sure, probably not. Um, but it's basically the shape where it's really low on the edges and then gets really high in the middle. And I love that picture that this is home for all, there is room for you, that it is easy to access the kingdom of God, but there is a high call to commitment. But Jesus embodied this value. He embodied this value in a way that he was so accessible that no matter what walk of life people came from, they felt comfortable um, coming to Jesus. But Jesus also gave them this call that if you want to follow me, you must give your life away. So there is an easy access, easy entry, but high commitment. It echoes this phrase or this idea that we have um, preached from this pulpit before. Belong, believe, behave. That first people must feel like they belong before they will believe. And then once they believe, then transformation begins to happen and behavior change happens. I want to read scripture um, in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9 to 12. And Paul writes to the Corinthian church, he says, Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or worship idols or commit adultery or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves or greedy people or drunkards or abusive or cheat people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Then the next line comes, some of you were once like that, but you were cleansed, you were made holy, you were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Now, I don't think Paul was trying to make an all-inclusive list of these, only these people will miss out. But I think he was trying to make a point that all types, all sin, all issues of life, some of you were once like that. It echoes his idea in Romans, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The church made room for people that were on this list. The indication and the the idea that Paul is saying to the Corinthian church is that you are a welcoming church. You are a church that is home for all. Some of you were like this, but God cleansed you. God changed you. It was easy in, high commitment. The church made room for those that were on this list, and we make room 
There are people here, part of this community, who come from all walks of life, all backgrounds. And so this is the value that we endeavour to embody. Home for all. There is room for you. I love this idea of home, a seat at the table. I don't know about you, but we've got a dining table at our house that we try to eat dinner at fairly regularly. Um, And I love that, I don't know if this happens in your home, but I always sit in the same seat. I'm always, um, I have my spot, Harrison has his spot, Judah has his spot, Mum has her spot, and the boys always set the table, and they know exactly where everyone sits. And it would be strange if one day um, I just decided to get a three-seater table, like a triangle table, and missed one person out. I mean, it wouldn't be strange. It would be brutal. It would be... um, It wouldn't be good for the family dynamic. Um, But there is something about being at home and knowing that you have a seat at the table, that there is a place for you. And maybe you haven't experienced this in your home and in your upbringing. But I want you to see that this is um, part of the picture of this value, that in a functional and in a a family of, of God that he wants to create, that there is a seat at the table for everyone. There is something about being at home being known, being loved. There is comfort. There is a sense of, I have a place here. I know where I fit. I know that I'm supposed to be here. But there's also a sense of, I have a place to contribute. I have a place where my voice is heard. I have things in the home that only I can do. I mean, the grass, for one, no one in the house touches the grass except for me. And maybe that's a bit obsessive, but um, if someone in the, in the home says, do you want me to mow the grass, Dad? No thanks, boys. I've got this one. Leave it to me. I've got, I know my place. I mean, there's other things I do as well, apart from just mow the grass. It sounds like that's the only thing I ever do at home. Alana might say that that is the only thing I ever do at home, but point is this. You have a place to contribute. Things that only you can bring to the table. You have a place to contribute. Things that only you can bring to the table. We read this verse last week, and I want to read it again, Romans 12, verse 4 to 5. Just as there are many parts to our bodies, so it is with Christ's body. We are all parts of it, and it takes every one of us to make it complete. For we each have different work to do. So we belong to each other, and each needs all the others. Each needs all the others. We all belong to each other. Each needs all the others. Home for all. A seat at the table, a place to contribute, a place to wrestle with God's word. One question that I get asked every single day, and I, I'm not making exaggeration, exaggeration there, at this point in my life, every single day I get this question, why? And it's not from people in this community, it's from my two-year-old. Why? 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 Or where does this come from? Where does this come from? About everything. He'll just look around the room, where does milk come from? And then that, where does the cow come from? And where does the cow's mum come from? And I mean, it all always, always leads back to God. I mean, everything comes from him, but he has to take all the steps to get there. And then why? Why does it come from there? Uh, it all leads back to God. And sometimes it takes a while to get there. And again, I think this is such a beautiful picture of, of the safety that we should find in the house of God to ask these questions. We're all on our different journeys. We're all in our different um, places of of faith and and where we've come to um, theological understandings of different points. But it's 
it's our job as a church to create a place that is safe for people to explore and wrestle with these truths and not just be told, well, because I said so. If the only answer I ever gave my kids when they asked why was because. Because. It's not going to help them grow into an understanding of the questions they're really asking. If they get challenged with those thoughts or if um, something goes wrong in their life, just because is not a good, strong foundation. But rather when we have that strong, firm foundation, when we're allowed to build that foundation for ourselves, when the questions come, we're not threatened or intimidated by the questions. We don't worry when someone comes with a different point of view because our foundation, our convictions are strong through the wrestle that we've all had. We all need to take this journey of wrestling with God's word, of coming to an understanding of truth. We can't just be given an answer because. God is so patient with us. He's so patient with us. Home for all. There is room for you. And all means all. All means all, no matter color of skin, no matter age, no matter sexuality, no matter wealth, no matter gender or preferred pronoun, no matter family background, no matter religion, addiction, lifestyle, past, no matter what, there is room for you. Home for all, there is room for you. If there is room for me, there is room for you. came across this quote this week by Timothy Keller. And he says this, To be loved but not known is comforting but superficial. To be known and not loved is our greatest fear. But to be fully known and truly loved is, well, a lot like being loved by God. It is what we need more than anything. To be known and loved, there is room for you. And I love that this is the way Jesus did his ministry. He was a friend of sinners. He knew what was going on and he loved the person. He knew the person and he loved the person. At the same time, to be known and to be loved. This verse, all the tax collectors, sinners were approaching to listen to him. They felt safe coming to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes, they didn't like that. They complained, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. There were times where he was, Jesus was accused of being a drunk, of welcoming sinners and of, of being involved in people's lives that maybe he shouldn't have. And Jesus never denied these accusations. He wasn't a drunk. He didn't need to um, deny that. But he was living in such a way that the religious elite of the day thought, there's too much compromise. There is too much compromise here. Another scripture in Matthew 11. Um, Jesus here speaking, and he's talking about John the Baptist. John didn't spend his time eating and drinking, and you say he is possessed by a demon. Uh, but the Son of Man, on the other hand, feasts and drinks, and you say he's a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and other sinners. But wisdom is shown to be right by its results. Jesus' aim was not just to draw crowds and lower the bar, but his aim and his goal was to make disciples. And we can think and assume that this value means that we are lowering the standard or watering down the gospel. But that's not what it's about. It's about showing people the gate to the narrow road and not making them jump a fence first. Showing people the gate to the narrow road, not making them jump some sort of hurdle to get onto the road. You can come in as you are. Jesus takes us all. 
but he changes us all. Wisdom is shown to be right by its results, Jesus says here. It's about the fruit. Are we seeing people to come to know Jesus? Are we seeing lives and families transformed? You know, I think of the story in Acts where Peter gets up and preaches the gospel on the day of Pentecost. And how many people were there? We don't know. It's not recorded how many people. But what we do know is 3,000 were added. 3,000 were baptized. The fruit was recorded. The crowds didn't matter. The crowds just allow people to, be, to hear the gospel. The openness allows people to come in and hear about the ways of Jesus, of what it means to follow him. It's about creating a space where people who don't know Jesus feel like they are welcome in to meet him. A seat at the table also means that you have something to contribute, something to gain. You have encouragement to give to the family, to the body. That we're active in encouraging people. That we have accountability. That we keep people accountable and we allow people to ask us the tough questions. That there's service. At the end of a meal, at my house at least, there's dishes to be done. There's a table to be cleaned. There is jobs that need to be done on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis that we all contribute to. There is no spectators at the table. Everyone has a place. Everyone has something to contribute. There is service. There is care. Everyone who belongs and has a seat is a part of the family and they contribute to making it flourish. If you have someone sitting at the table that never contributes, that never cares, that never gives encouragement, that's never accountable, they're not contributing to make the family flourish but rather they're holding the family back from flourishing. Let's not be people that hold the family back, but let's be people that lean in, step up, contribute, that take our seat. It's not about having a seat in the stands, but a seat at the table. We aren't a church church of spectators, but we are a church of participators. We grow as we go. This is value four we're going to look at in a few weeks. Jesus takes his disciples right from the start as they are and takes them on a journey and they grow as they go with him. There isn't a discipleship course first. It's not, Jesus doesn't say, well, listen, listen, guys, I'm going to have to get you to sit down and answer these questions. I need you to know that you understand A, B, C, D first. No, it was just come with me, follow me. Let's go make disciples. Let's go make disciples. You don't know what this means yet. You don't believe what I believe yet, but let's go make disciples. The discipleship course is serve, follow Jesus, grow as you go. Come as you are, grow as you go. A church for the unchurched. It's great that we have so many churched families involved at SBC. I mean, last week it was amazing to see SBC kids launch, kick off, and over 60 Um, primary and young kids involved in our kids' ministry. I mean, it's amazing to see the growth of our families and our kids. And I want my kids to grow up to be committed followers of Jesus. But growing up in church makes it so easy to do that. It makes it easy to be involved because you know how to speak, how to dress, how to act, what's accepted, what's not. You grow into that culture so it's easy to be a part of it. But I want us to all have the lens and the, and the filter of the, 
the church for the unchurched, someone who's never set foot in a church? What other fences they feel like they need to jump over and how can we remove them so they can just walk in and see the ways of Jesus? This value is about creating an environment, a culture where the unchurched, the person who doesn't know how to dress, how to speak, how to live comes in and they don't feel judged, but they feel loved. They don't feel like they're an outsider, but they feel like they are known and loved as they are. They feel safe. They feel like they can be themselves, exposed, real, authentic. We aren't a church of putting on masks and pretending to be something we're not. When I think of this, I think of the way that, again, Jesus did his ministry. And there's a story that comes to mind um, of the, I think it's in John 8, of the woman caught in the act of adultery. And you just think of that, um, but she was caught in the act. I mean, you can't just use your imagination a little bit to figure out how she might have been dressed or not dressed and what sort of state she might have been in. But Jesus created an environment around this woman, a culture, if you like, where she was safe where she was loved, where she was known, where she wasn't condemned, where she wasn't told to cover up or change, but she was loved and shown grace. There was no condemnation. There was no condemnation. Jesus says, I don't condemn you. Now go leave your life of sin. The grace, the acceptance, the welcome, the belonging comes first. The belief and the the change comes next. Home for all, There is room for you. There is a seat at the table just as you are. We all need a saviour and redemption, a church for the unchurched. Easy in, high commitment. I pray and hope that we would be a church that shows people the open gate. That we're not a church that puts up barriers, that we aren't a church that's like a castle or a fortress but we're a church that's like the the art spire. We show people the gate. We don't close it and make them jump it. Jesus is full of grace towards us. He's full of grace towards everyone. This is for everyone. Home for all, there is room for you. Let me pray. God, we thank you so much for your grace. We thank you that you love us as we are. God, that you made room for us. You gave us grace. You gave us redemption. You gave us Jesus as your saviour. And God, I pray that we might be a church that is home for all. That we might swing the doors wide open so people can come in as they are. And God, as they come in, we would be like Jesus. We would embody the culture that Jesus carried with him. That loves people as they are. That knows people. That lets people be themselves who they really are. And God, that we would love them and show them the ways of Jesus. God, we thank you for all that you want to do in our church, all, you, all you're doing in us and through us. And God, we pray that this week we might be your hands and your feet. We might be the home for all. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Uh, for church online this morning. We did have a a song that we wanted to bring you this morning, but we haven't been able to pull our tech stuff together, so we might be able to show you that during the week um, or next week on our social media. But I pray that you have a great week. Say um, hi in the chat.
Uh, make sure you check out the church website for all the up-to-date information on what's happening with COVID restrictions this week. And pray you have a great week. Hopefully, we'll see you here or online next Sunday.